you can't sell a sole proprietorship. You cannot sell an extension of yourself. You can only sell pieces or all of an LLC or a corporation. So set yourself up for success, right? We're building our businesses for where we want them to be, not for the scarcity that we may feel at this time. So flip your mindset, start thinking about abundance and where you're going to be in the future. You're listening to the Transcend Podcast. I'm your host, Asha Wilkerson, an attorney by training and an educator at heart. This podcast is all about empowering you to build a business and leave a legacy. Here's the thing. The wealth gap in America is consistently increasing. And while full-time entrepreneurship is not for everyone, even a side hustle can change your financial landscape if you're intentional about using your business to build wealth. I've run my own law firm for over 10 years, and in that time, I've helped countless California businesses go from idea to six figures. On this podcast, we talk about what it truly takes to build a sustainable business and find financial freedom. Let's dive in. I am so happy to have you here today to talk about one of my favorite subjects. I guess that's not true. It's not one favorite subject, but I love answering FAQs, frequently asked questions. So I've pulled the top five most frequent questions that I get as a business attorney and as a business coach, and I thought I would answer them for you today on the podcast. So let's get started. The first one is, how much does it cost to start a business? Now, I'm an attorney in California. Everybody in the whole entire world knows that California is super duper expensive. But contrary to popular belief, it doesn't cost that much money on the fee filing side to start a business in California. Now, what you actually need in terms of supplies and marketing and all that stuff is completely subjective and unique to each business. But the registration fee, the actual cost for starting in California is pretty low. If you are starting a limited liability company, I think it's about $70 with the California Secretary of State. And I always recommend that you pay the $5 extra to get a certified copy of your registration so you can have it, take it to the bank, show it to anybody else that needs to know that you are actually a registered certified company. The other filing fee is for a corporation. The corporate filing fee is $100. Whether you are a professional corporation, a general stock corporation, or even a nonprofit corporation has to pay $100 to register with the Secretary of State. And again, I recommend paying that $5 fee so that you can get a certified copy of your registration, take it to the bank, do whatever it is that you'll need to do with it. Now, here's the myth about California businesses, that there's an $800 fee that's also associated with starting a business. Not true. Not true at all. Let me clarify for you what the $800 is. It's a minimum tax for doing business in California. So at a minimum, you're going to pay $800 in taxes to do business in California. When I put it like that, I hope it doesn't sound like that much money to you. And I am not a CPA, but by my just anecdotal knowledge of having to pay sales tax on everything and business taxes and just life taxes in general, earning over $2,500, $3,000, you're probably going to pay more than $800 in taxes, whether that's a minimum or not. And also, let's get out of that scarcity mindset. I don't want you to be afraid about having to pay $800 to run your business. Your business has the potential to make you so much more money than $800. And so I want you to not even think of that as a hesitation, a roadblock, or anything that you should spend a substantial amount of time thinking about. Know that you are going to make more than enough money 
to pay the $800 minimum tax. Now, in California, uh, starting 2020, January 1st, 2020, so a little while ago, all the way through January 1st, 2022, I think it is, either 2022 or 2024, I can't remember exactly which one, California is waiving the $800 minimum tax for limited liability companies, at least for the first year. So you won't have to worry about paying the mandatory minimum, let's say, if your business didn't make any money in the first year. So that's a that's a good reason. A uh, little push from Governor Gavin Newsom. Thank you, Governor Newsom, and for all the folks who wrote that bill into legislation. Newsom just signed it, so it didn't necessarily come from him. We appreciate that collective effort to help our California business owners. If you are outside of the state of California, you might have different filing fees. Just check with your secretary of state. Some are a little bit higher, but then some also don't have a minimum tax. If you were in Florida, uh, you won't have a minimum tax or you won't have a state income tax. That $800 minimum tax is associated with the state of California specifically. It's not a federal minimum tax. If you're in the state of Washington, you also don't have state income taxes, so you won't have I don't believe you will have a minimum tax for your business there either. But double check with an attorney in your state and also with the CPA just to make sure you get the right information. So I hope that explains to you that it's not really that expensive to start a business in terms of the legal filing side that's due to the secretary of state or that's due to whichever entity in your state is the registration house for businesses. The second thing that I hear all the time is that you shouldn't form a business entity like an LLC or a corporation until you're making $100,000. I do not like this question. Well, I'm glad that you all are asking this question, but from a legal perspective, there is so much more to think about than just money. Plus, that thought of you got to make $100,000 is just, it's so limited. Your business has the ability. It's like a really strong foundation for whatever you want to do. Now, I learned though, that when you have a corporation or an S corporation, again, not a CPA, so double check for yourself, that you don't see the savings in terms of the self-employment tax until you reach $100,000. But that's just a small piece of the pie that you would consider in terms of forming a business. I didn't take that into consideration at all when forming a business because it wasn't important to me. What I took into consideration and what I tell my clients is that you need to think about what kind of liability protection you want. LLCs and corporations will protect you in the event that your business is sued. So if someone walks into your store, slips and falls, and your sole proprietorship, guess who they're coming after for the medical bills? You individually. If you have an LLC or a corporation, then the LLC or the corporation gets sued. And what that does is it protects your personal assets, your personal credit. It doesn't mean that the business won't owe some money if it is at fault, but you personally will be protected. Your house, your cars, your retirement, your money, all of that stuff will be protected if you separate your business and your personal. And the only way you can do that, the most effective way to do that is by having an LLC or a corporation. So thinking about the amount of money that you are bringing in, the revenue that you are bringing in is just one piece of the pie. There are a number of businesses that are looking for investors. so They can even get into that $100,000 or break that six-figure uh, threshold. An investor is much more likely to put money into your business if you actually have a business, an LLC or a corporation. 
I mean, how would you feel if someone came up to you and just said, you know, I've been doing this for a little while. I really need a little bit of money to make it. Yeah, I haven't taken my business seriously enough to start an LLC or a corporation, but go ahead and drop 50, 60, 100, 200 Gs, you know, and it'll be okay. Are you going to feel more confident with them if they're a sole proprietor who hasn't taken the steps to protect themselves legally and really run the business like it should be? Or are you going to be willing more willing to take that risk on a an LLC or a corporation. What that signifies to investors is that you have taken some steps to make sure that you are understanding how to run the business and that at a bare minimum, you have the legal protection in place. In addition, if you're looking at investors, as much as you can, try to get that debt, if it's a note or if it's just an investment, put it in the name of the business. You don't want to personally owe anybody any money if you can help it. So do you need to wait until you're making $100,000 in business to start an LLC or a corporation? No. Look at the bigger picture. It's not just about the money. It's about the legal protection that you need. It's about being able to get investors. What about if you want to sell and you're only making $50,000 a year, but you're selling earrings? You know, as a side hustle, maybe you want to sell that business to somebody else. You can't sell a sole proprietorship. You cannot sell an extension of yourself. You can only sell pieces or all of an LLC or a corporation. So set yourself up for success, right? We're building our businesses for where we want them to be, not for the scarcity that we may feel at this time. So flip your mindset, start thinking about abundance and where you're going to be in the future. Okay, the third question is will a DBA protect me the same way an LLC will? The answer to that is no. A DBA, for those of you who don't know, is a, it stands for doing business as. It's a fictitious business name, which I like to call, it's a nickname for your business. So you may have your business, let's say I have Asha Wilkerson Incorporated, but I've created a landscape business and it's going to be Asha Landscapes, but I'm going to run it out of the corporation, but I don't want to hold myself out to the public as Asha Wilkerson Inc. It doesn't tell anybody that I'm a landscaper. So I want to be Asha Landscapes. If I register, you have to, you need to register that business, that fictitious business name with the county recorder's office. And then you tell them, this is the business, the official name, Asha Wilkerson Inc. And this is the nickname, the fictitious business name. I will be doing business as Asha Landscapes. So that way I can advertise to the public, brand myself to the public as Asha Landscapes. But if somebody needs to figure out what the actual name of my business is, it's on record and they can find out what the corporate entity is. So a DBA has no legal protection at all. A lot of times a DBA is not necessary. So if you name your business the way you want it to be viewed by the world, the DBA is not necessary. You don't need a nickname. But you can also form a business that is something that maybe the world would never really see. And then you can have different offerings in your business and use a fictitious business name for each offering. So maybe I'm Asha Landscapes over here, and then I'm Asha's Flowers because I've got a flower shop. And then the next one, I'm Asha's Designs. The design part is the architecture part of it. The uh, flower shop is where people come and buy flowers. And then the landscape is where I'm actually doing the work to landscape people's yards. Those three things can be under the same business, but I want to advertise and talk about them differently. So I'm giving them their own branding and using a DBA. So I hope that makes sense. A DBA is not the same thing as an LLC. A DBA is a nickname for your business. It must be registered with the county recorder's office. The DBA does not give you any legal protection at all. Even if you are a sole proprietor and register your fictitious business name, no legal protection. 
So get yourself together, get your business together, protect it all, put it inside of an LLC or a corporation, and you will be in a much better spot. Okay. The fourth question is, oh, this is the worst question. Can I just use LegalZoom? No, please stop asking attorneys if you can just use LegalZoom after you've asked them for all the information about how to start a business or draft a contract or get a DBA. Here's the reason why. And I'm not just bitter because I'm an attorney. I'm actually frustrated because in the last, let's see, month, even more than that, last six weeks, I have assisted four people who went to LegalZoom and or formed their businesses by themselves because they did it incorrectly. LegalZoom is a form that you fill out. They're not attorneys. It was started by an attorney, but it's not an attorney. They, you don't, you're not talking to anybody live. They're not giving you legal advice, which means that the information you put in is the information the system is going to take and file with the Secretary of State. So if you put in bad information, you get bad information out and no one is going to correct you until you find out later, some point down the road, when it may be too late or too challenging to fix it. And it probably won't be too challenging to fix it, but it's going to be more costly than if you would have just gone to get the expert advice in the first place. The other thing about LegalZoom is that you can do all of that by yourself if you trust yourself and have the knowledge just on the Secretary of State website. It's asking you the exact same questions. What is a better thing to do is to make an appointment with an attorney to find out exactly what you need for your business. Now, in California and in other states as well, there are certain restrictions on who can be or who can create certain types of businesses. So in California, if you have a license that is regulated by the Business and Professions Code, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're an acupuncturist, you're an architect, you're a psychotherapist, you are a licensed clinical social worker, you're an attorney, you're an engineer, any license that is regulated by the Business and Professions Code, you have to form a professional corporation in California, not a regular common stock corporation. So don't make that mistake. Also, so again, I've been helping three or four businesses, even more than that in the last six weeks, just forming, who have formed the wrong uh, business entity. They were sort of on the right track, but didn't understand or didn't know that they were regulated by the, didn't even know to look at the Business and Professions Code. Why? Because you're not an attorney. You didn't study this stuff. And uh, so I just want to make sure that you actually go to an expert who has actually studied these things and can give you the right advice. The other part of that too, is that some people just form an LLC because they think it'll be cheaper. And then they end up moving to a corporation later because they do want to get bought out and they're in the tech space and they want investors and they need shares. Or people start a corporation and then realize that they could have been an LLC and they wish they would have done that. Now, here's the other thing that I tell people as well. Don't just talk to an attorney. You can talk to me if you want to. Of course, I'm happy to help you. would love to. But I always tell people who come and talk to me, also talk to a CPA, a certified public accountant, to find out, or an enrolled agent, to find out what the tax implications are for whichever entity you want to form. So there's the legal consideration of it, and then there's the tax consideration of it. And then the third thing to consider is the business. How do you actually want to run your business? Is it going to be necessary to have a corporation or maybe an LLC would be better? Is it going to be just you? Are you bringing other people in? How many types of ownership do you want? So there are three considerations, legal, tax, and the business side of it. And it's really unique to whatever your business is, and it's unique to what you want. So the other thing 
uh, this is actually getting into my fifth frequently asked question. So I'll just get right into it. Is that my friend, neighbor, cousin, lover, whoever didn't form a business. They said, I don't need to. Do I really need to form a business? Be careful about taking advice from people who mean well, but don't actually have the expertise to give you the right information. And even the folks that have the right expertise, right? Like an attorney, a CPA, a business coach, you want to make sure that you are talking to all three because we all have different considerations because we're coming, we've studied different aspects of this business formation. So as an attorney, I'm trying to keep you safe liability rise. As an accountant, they're trying to do the best thing for you tax rise. And as a business coach, I'm also a business coach. I'm looking at what's the best fit for how you want to run your business and what's the best entity for you to grow into. Those are three different types of considerations. And so the friend down the street is probably not in the same position as you. And if they haven't gone to law school or if they're, you know, they're not well-versed in business, they're not forming businesses on their own, which I still caution about if you haven't you know, really studied it, then they probably aren't taking into consideration all of the things that I want you to take into consideration. And again, I'm not saying that because I want you just to come to me. I would love it if you did, but I really want you to go to the right place to get the right advice that you need. The amount of money that the businesses are spending now that I'm telling you about to have me fix their situations, they could have just paid that up front. And now they're paying twice because they've already paid to form the business. And now they got to pay me to fix the business. Or if they would have just come in the very beginning, then they'd be, you know, be smooth sailing, right? They would just be able to continue in the entity that they were already in because I would have put them in the correct entity to begin with. So those are the five frequently asked questions that I'm covering for you today. Again, just to recap, how much does it cost to start a business? Not as much as you think in terms of filing fees in California. That $800 fee is not a fee. It's a minimum tax in California. But check with the Secretary of State or wherever, whichever entity houses businesses in your state to see what the filing fees are. And now that's different. If you're a business like a gym and you need lots of equipment, that's going to be an individual consideration depending on how many dumbbells you need. If you're a service-based business, it's probably not going to cost you that much unless you need like printers and computers and that kind of a thing. So the actual cost of registering your business is probably much cheaper than you think. Number two, I heard you shouldn't start a business until you're making $100,000. Is that true? Not true. That's one consideration that has to do with the taxes. I want you to think about the legal side of it, the tax side, and the business side. So I put people into businesses early on because I want them to have that legal protection. And I want you to be able to walk away protected if it goes belly up. So it's not just about what you're making, but it's protecting yourself in case it doesn't go the way that you've planned. Number three, will a DBA protect me the same way an LLC will? No, it will not. A DBA is a fictitious business name, or as I say, a nickname. It gives you no legal protection. An LLC and corporation will protect you though. Number four, can I just use LegalZoom? Please don't use LegalZoom. Please don't. It's just a question and answer site. You're just filling out a quiz, essentially filling out a form and it takes your answers and puts it into the database to file it for you. You put in a bad answer, then you get a bad result and you can do it much. If you're going to do it through LegalZoom, just go ahead and do it directly with the entity where you need to register. So in California with the secretary of state, it's the same thing. They're not going to tell you what the right or wrong answer is and neither is, is LegalZoom. So if you're not willing to pay the money to pay an attorney, just do it yourself. So at least you don't have to pay a third-party entity like LegalZoom. Also, one thing that I forgot to mention 
is that be careful of third-party sites. I had a, a friend of mine came to me asking about getting her tax ID number and used a third-party site that charged her $200. The tax ID number from the IRS is free, completely free. So again, make sure you go to an expert who knows what they're doing because they'll save you money in the end. And the last one, number five, my friend, neighbor, cousin, lover, uh, didn't form a business. Do I really need to form a business? Be careful who you take advice from. Each piece of advice that I give is specifically tailored to the individual business owner that I'm speaking to. So what I told my friend who started a gym is going to be different than what I tell you that's starting a consulting business. It is unique to you, what you want to do with your business, where you're going with it in the future, and what kind of tax and business needs you have. All right. So that was it for me today. Don't forget to tune in next week. And yeah, I will see you soon. If you want to learn more about how you can build a business and leave a legacy, check out our online community where we dive deeper into these concepts. And I literally pull back the curtain to show you how I help entrepreneurs just like you build a sustainable business that leads to financial freedom. You can find out more at the wilkersonlawoffice.com. Hey family, I am so thankful that you are here listening to Transcend the Podcast. And I just want to make sure you know the best way to stay in contact with me. And that's through joining my email newsletter. So please head on over to the wilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter and join the list. I will tell you everything over there from what my offerings are to bits and pieces of information about how to grow and scale your business to self-coaching all the way to giving you updates on what the new podcast episode is. So don't hesitate. Go do it now. The wilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter. Thanks.